Genesis 35, verse 3 says this, And let us arise and go up to Bethel, and I will make there an altar unto God, who answered me in the day of my distress, and was with me in the way which I went. Now, if I, for those of you that have been in church for a while and have been around church music for a long time, you, you would probably be familiar with the name Andre Crouch. Uh, some of you may not be familiar with the name, but you would be very familiar with the songs that the Lord blessed him with to write. Probably his most well-known song is The Blood Will Never Lose Its Power. It reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. The blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never lose its power. He also wrote that wonderful psalm, My Tribute to God Be the Glory for the Things He Has Done. He also wrote, Soon and Very Soon, We're Going to See the King. But there's another song that he wrote that recently has been re-recorded, and it, a few weeks back, it came on the radio, and, and it struck me, and I, and, I, and I thought I'd heard it from the past, but did some research and found that he wrote it back in the early 70s. And there's a song called Take Me Back. Take Me Back. And, and the chorus just simply says, take me back, take me back to the place where I first received you. Take me back, take me back where I first believed. And immediately my mind went to this chapter in the Bible. I, I don't know, I, I can't, Andre Crouch passed away in 2015, so I, I'll have to wait to have, get to heaven to ask him. But I just have to think from the, the, the lyrics of the verse, of the course and the verses, that he had this character in the Bible in mind. It's been 20 years and God says, Jacob, it's time to go back to Bethel. I know where I'm going. I'm sorry. It's been 20 years. The first time he was at Bethel, he had a life-changing experience with God. And from that day forward, he was never the same when he had a head-on encounter with God. But it's 20 years. Things have changed in 20 years. He's got 12 kids. That's a lot of difference in 20 years. He's got 12 sons. Things have changed. Not only has he got 12 sons, but he's gotten a little farther away from Bethel than what he needs to be. The things of the world have crept into his life. The things of the world have crept into his children's life. And God spoke to him in the convicting power of the Holy Ghost and said, Jacob, it's time to go back to Bethel. And Jacob, if, if this song was around, no doubt he sang it to his children and all of his family that day saying, we're going back. Take me back. Take me back to the place 
where I first received you. Take me back to the place where I first believed. What was so special about Bethel? Bethel means the house of God. He built an altar there. It was a place where he dreamed a dream and had a vision and saw angels descending and ascending upon a ladder. He had a wrestling match with God, with, with Jesus Christ actually, I believe. And so after he got done with that wrestling match, he was never the same. After he had a head-on collision with God, it changed his life forever. But he is 20 years removed from Bethel. And God said some things have changed in your life, Jacob. It's time for you to go back. Go back to the place where you first met me. Go back to the place where you first experienced a head-on collision. And my message to you tonight, folks, is, Lord, take me back. Take me back to that place where I first received you. Take me back to the place that I first believed. This was a place, This when he went back, it was a place of rededication. It was a place of separation. It was a place of sanctification. Because you'll notice he told his family, leave your jewels behind. Leave everything behind that you got from the world. It's leave it. And they buried him in a tree in Shechem. And he said, it's time for us, the family, the kids, everyone go back to the place where I had a head-on collision with God. Folks, it's time for us to go back. We always want to, we always want to get, you know, escape our past. But there's some places in life that God allows us and says it's time you need to go back. And what I'm trying to submit to you, what I'm trying to get across tonight is simply this. And what the Lord has showed me, he took me back to the place where I first met him. And he says, Brian, I don't care how long you have to live on this earth. But until I come back and get you by death or by rapture, I never want you to forget the Bethel experience that you had. And folks, I believe sometimes we get so caught up in the blessings of God that we forget where God has brought us from. We forget our initial experience with a head-on collision with God. And it's time we go back to where we met him. Go back to where we met him. We can never, never take for granted the fact that God's grace showed down upon us one day. He didn't have to come to where we were, Vince, but he did. Thank God. He didn't have to come down to Jacob there as he was laying on that rock and making his uh, uh, the stones pillows. He didn't have to come down and show him himself, but he did. He met God face to face that day. And when you meet God face to face, you'll never be the same. But sometimes we get removed from what he's done for us and we take for granted what he's done for us. It's time to go back and really appreciate the fact that you're saved. How many of you remember when you had a head-on collision with God? Amen. I won't be much longer, but I just want to share with you this way. If I can just borrow the cinema of your mind for a moment, and if I could use your spiritual imagination, would you please travel with me to a few places? And let's go back. Let's go back. A father is in his home and his son looks outside the window and he sees a gigantic rock outside. It's been there for years. As long as a kid can remember, it's been there, Dan. 
And he always wondered what that rock was. He just thought, well, it's a place where it's just been there. It's just always been there. And we built the house around it. So he never worried too much about it. But one day he got out close to there and his dad always mentioned, he said, don't, don't get around that rock too much. He said, be careful around that. It's pretty large and definitely don't stand on top of it because you don't, I don't want you to fall off. Don't want you to hurt yourself. But you know how kids can be Vince, they're very curious. So he goes out and starts investigating that rock and he notices there's a tiny crack in the middle and there's some burnt edges, some charred edges around that crack right in the middle of that rock. And he got investigating. He reached down, Jason. He, he touched it and it was, it was ashen. There was, he could tell there had been a fire on that rock. And so the, his curiosity got the best of him. So he went back to his daddy and says, Daddy, what's that rock out there? I, it's been out there as long as I can remember. I never asked you, Dad. Can you tell me the story? And so Gideon reaches down to his son and says, Son, let me take you back to the place where the God of heaven came down and the angel of God touched the rock and a fire came out of that rock. And it was that point on that God instilled in me a fight to go up against the enemies of his, of his children. And he saw something within me that I didn't see within myself. He called me a mighty man of valor. Son, that's the place that changed this family's life forever. If I didn't see the fire come out of the rock, I would have never been changed. Son, I want to take you back to the place where I first met the Lord. Let's go forward a little bit. As we see a, a gentleman now that his daily task is go, to go out in the, in the city into the streets. And he's kind of mingling around and he does his daily work. And uh, he's got his, got his kids with him. And they noticed that every day that they would go out and do the same thing over and over again. They would always go out and walk around, but then they would stop by, they'd stop by the seashore. They'd always stop by, and their dad would always stop and just kind of gaze on the seashore there and out into the, the sea. And then they, they never questioned, but one day the daughter said, Daddy, why do we always come to this place every day? Why do we always stop here on the seashore? There's nothing here. It seems like nothing's happening. But it seems like, Father, you just you just look out and, and, and into space and like nothing's going on in your mind. But obviously, there's something happened here at this spot. And, and, and he said, he said, kids, let me tell you about the time that I first met God. See, his name was John, and he was on the seashore, and he was a fisherman. And Jesus Christ came by one day and said, "Drop your nets." and begin to follow me. He said, son, our lives were never the same after we first met the Lord. I'm taking you back to the place where I first met Jesus. Every morning, the husband would get up before dawn and he would walk out and he'd be gone for about an hour and he'd come back in before the sun would rise. He'd do this every day, Mark. One day his wife got curious, said, I wonder what he's doing. And so one day she just decided to follow him. And she followed behind after he got up and she 
kind of watch what was going on from the, from the background and notice that he'd go get a pail of water and he would carry that pail of water and he would walk a few miles and she'd follow close behind. And as she was following close behind, he had a lantern and he had a, a bucket of water and he'd go out and notice there was a tree standing all by itself. And he would go and he would pour water on that tree and he'd stand next to that tree and he would just pat that tree. And she said, Zacchaeus, what are you coming out here and doing that for every morning? He said, wife, I'm taking you back to the place where I first met the Lord. Oh, this tree is special because if it wasn't for this tree, I would have never met the Lord. I would have never seen him face to face. Folks, aren't you glad there's a place that we can take Satan back to and say, this is the place where I met the Lord. Amen. <laughs> my wife and a husband decided they were going to remodel one day. Her first husband passed away, but she was able to remarry a few years after his, her husband's death. And so they decided to remodel. And when you get to remodel and you know how it is, you start throwing stuff away. How many of you just don't care? You just throw it away. Come on, husbands, come on. Have some guts about you. Yeah. You just throw it away, toss it. How many of you are hoarders? Would you raise your hand? I see that hand. I see that hand. There's an altar for you later. Some of us are. Whatever, whatever means something to us, we want to keep it special, sentimental. My parents just happened to have it organized in totes. <laughs> if anything happens to them, we know exactly what's in that tote. There's thousands of computer cables if you need an HDMI cable, just go down to my dad's basement and look on this. There it is. You'll see it. It's labeled. It's very convenient, though, if we ever need anything. So the couple starts to remodel. The husband opens up a little closet, notices there's, there's these two poles, and they're kind of wrapped together. Got some cloth in the middle. And he, he takes it out of the closet, and he's, he's wanting to throw it away throw it out in the trash and the wife says no no honey no don't you dare throw that away she says well honey it's it's obviously this has been here for a long long time what why does this mean anything to you oh honey let, let me let me tell you what happened see before i met you i was without hope my husband had died and my son had died and we laid him on a cot and we was getting ready to go outside of the city and have a funeral. But what we didn't know is that day we was going to have a head on collision with the Lord Jesus Christ. He touched that cot that you're holding right there. Jesus did and my son came up out of there. And because of that, I was able to live. My son was able to provide for me. I was able to meet you and remarry. Now we can have a family all because of the time that we ran in to an almighty God. Hallelujah. Take me back. Take me back. Every day on his lunch break, this gentleman would leave. The, he wouldn't stay around and eat with all the other fellas. He would go and be gone for a little bit, but he'd always get back in time. 
But they noticed something. Tim, every time he'd come back, his, his garment would be wet right around this area, right around his legs. And it was obviously that he had, his hands had become wet and he would wipe them off on his outer garment. Do this every day, Mark, on his lunch break. One day someone got the nerve up to ask him, what in the world's going on? You do this every day. You've been doing it for, for weeks. Where are you going on lunch break? You're coming back and your clothes are all wet. He says, oh, let me, let me take you back. See, what you don't know, fellas, is I got a special place that I go every day. It's called the Pool of Siloam. And all I do is go down to that pool and I just run my hands through that water. And I go back to the place where I first met the Lord. Because what you don't know is I used to not be able to see. But then I ran into Jesus. And when I ran into him, thank God, my life changed forever. And now I can work. Now I can provide for my family. All because I met the Lord. Wife asked her husband one day, honey, why, why, you, why have you been late coming home the last few days? I notice you've been, you've been, I know there's a reason. I notice you, normally you're having normal time to get home, but you've been coming home later. Is there a reason? And the husband would say, yeah, honey, there's a reason. So there's a church that every afternoon they're opening up their doors and they're asking people to come and pray for revival. And honey, Heather, I have to go back to the place where I first met the Lord. September the 6th, 1981, my daddy was pastor. My uncle Gary was preaching. I came down to the center altar on the second verses just as I am and had a head-on collision with the Lord Jesus Christ. And the church during that time afforded me an opportunity. And every now and again, I'll just call up Pastor Hagen, Ryan Hagen now, and I'll say, can I get in? He'll say, sure. And they'll leave the door open for me. And I'll walk in and I'll walk down to that center aisle I walked down to that center altar, that same altar that was there back in 81. I kneeled to the same altar, and I just thank God, and I go back, because I never want to forget the time when he saved me. I'll close with this one. This one hasn't happened yet but I believe it will. I believe it will. A father that was bound in sin, a father that really lost, you could say lost everything, has his kids in the car. It's a few years removed from what happened. It tells us Kids, he says, kids, today we're going to take a little trip. I want to show you something. So he picked, he takes them and takes a couple hour drive 
and stops at 900 Sycamore Street in Cincinnati. Say, what's that, Brian? It's Hamilton County Jail. And that father stops there and parks in the parking lot. And the kids said, Dad, why in the world are you stopping here? And Ryan Bussey looked bad to his kids and said, Kids, this is the place where I had a head-on collision with an almighty God. <laughs> it hadn't happened yet, Ryan. But one day soon, I believe with all of my heart, God's going to allow you an opportunity to take your kids and show them the place where you met Jesus. What I'm trying to tell you is, I don't care what's happened in your past. It doesn't matter where you've met him. The fact is, have you met him? Have you met him? <laughs> Take me back, Lord. Take me back. Some of you this week, some of you just need to go back and you need, in your mind, some of you can't go back to that spot. Some of, that, some of you, that spot's already gone, but you know in your mind and in your heart the place where you first met him. And some of you just need, you've been so far removed from that initial experience that you could truly say, I'm like Jacob. I've let some things in my life that don't need to be there. And I need to go back. I need to go back where I first met the Lord. You say, Brian, why would you preach something like this tonight? I know it's simple. I know it's different. Probably three-fourths of that never really happened, but <laughs> that's the way God showed me. Why, why would you say that, Brian? Because I'm telling you. I, 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 don't know, I don't have the words. I don't have the urgency. I, I just didn't. I can't say it so I can't say it strong enough. I'm telling you, Jesus can come back right now. If you're not ready, if you have anything in your heart, if you need to reconcile some things with some people, get it taken care of, folks. I don't want nothing between me and God. Went down to Hayesville, North Carolina on Friday morning, drove down seven and a half hours by myself. Me and God had a long talk and a long conversation. And he took me back. He took me back. And I said, Lord, in this hour that we're living in, Pour on me your spirit more than you've ever need. poured on me before. Strengthen me. Enlighten me. Not just so I could say, look at me. No, we, we, we need to share the gospel more than we've ever shared it before. I want to make sure my family's ready. I want to make sure you're ready. Have you had that experience? Have you met him face to face? Has he truly changed your life? If you can't remember, if you can't go back, well, today's the day to come and get your Bethel experience.